Well, welcome, Senator Wyden. Today we've got Oregon senior senator with us. As Senate is about to go back into session and as federal officials are making what might be deemed arrests here in Oregon, let's start with that. But first, let me just say welcome, Senator. Hey, thanks for having me back, Jefferson. Always enjoy your show and give my best to your papa. It's great to have you. Let's start with this. Last night, we know that Trump had previously sent federal officers to Portland. Governor Kate Brown called it a political stunt. Last night was reporting and video images of unmarked cars seizing unarmed people, an officer tackling a bicyclist. What's your reaction? I think what's going on is pretty clear. Donald Trump and Chad Wolf, his guy at the Homeland Security Department, are weaponizing uh, Homeland Security as their own occupying army to provoke violence on the streets of our hometown, on the streets of Portland, Oregon, because they think it plays well with the right-wing media. And let me give you a contrast, Jefferson. Donald Trump is really hands-off when it comes to fighting the coronavirus and helping states and localities. But I'm telling you, when it comes to paramilitary solutions to uh, deal with American cities, he isn't just hands-on, he goes in there with his fists clenched against Black Lives Matter. Is there anything now, is there any level of accountability, is there anything that the Senate is doing, are there any discussions in Washington about how to address, if this is a dress rehearsal, as some have said, if this is a signal being sent, if there is a close or contested election, contested maybe only by Donald Trump, that uh, demonstrates his willingness either to use federal officials, federal officers, or to try to use a friendly governor's National Guard uh, and this is not this is not uh, me speculating. This includes uh, a reporter from The New York Times wondering about what there needs to be, what readiness there needs to be among the American people, among other institutions as we move into uh, the new year. Well, I mean, your, your first point with respect to, to politics, this is why it's so important that Donald Trump be resoundingly defeated in November because if, say, the margin is small, I mean, we know that absent a resounding defeat, Donald Trump is gonna say it's all a big plot. You know, I'm sitting at my kitchen table in Southeast Portland. We made a video on vote by mail, mostly to push back against Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, do you know what goes on with vote by mail? You have somebody in their living room or their dining room, hundreds of people, could be thousands of people packed in all, you know, fraudulently filling out, you know, ballots. And I said, hey, take a look at my Twitter feed. You'll see my pin tweet is exactly how vote by mail works. And we make the point, Mr. President, I don't see too many people around me in my, you know, dining room. So we know what he's gonna do, which is, um, talking uh, about anything that uh, lets him, after he's defeated, say, oh, there's cheating, there's cheating, there's, there's cheating. Now, beside that, of course, I have real questions about whether what's going on in the streets is constitutional because, and I think our late Senator Wayne Morris would be thundering, you know, right, right now at the way 
these paramilitary assaults are being conducted. And they, uh, last night they said something about, well, these are federal you know, facilities we're, we're protecting, and yet we're picking up uh, evidence that people have been picked up who are far away from you know, a federal uh, facility. So we're pushing back. I started um, with Lafayette Square. I'm a member of the committee that has jurisdiction over the Department of Interior. I'm gonna insist that we get to the bottom of who ordered the use of the military against the protesters in Lafayette Square. Um, I've led the effort to uh, determine what the surveillance, this air surveillance of peaceful protesters is all about. And then, as you know, the Oregon delegation put together a very strong um, letter uh, that made it clear we're gonna insist on answers to what's going on in Oregon. And uh, uh, I, want, I want people um, to know that we are gonna be challenging Trump and, and, and uh, Chad Wolf every step of the way. And part of my message, I was up early this morning um, talking to people and saying, Oregon and this country need peaceful solutions that bubble up from the community and not dangerous paramilitary assaults directed from Washington, D.C. That's what we're going to be focused on. Speaking of vote by mail, we already know that the president is not making it a priority unless it's making it a priority to block it or to scare people away from it. What is the progress happening state by state or what might be happening federally? How's it going? What's the progress there? Well, I think part of what's happening, and I think this will be, again, true with these most recent figures showing that the virus has spiked in a number of parts of the uh, country. We saw Florida and Texas and California and Arizona. But Jefferson, get this, bright red Kansas, bright red Kansas voted by mail in their primary. And so what's going on is a lot of Republican elected officials at home, state legislators, governors, mayors, they're breaking with McConnell. You know, McConnell and, and, and Trump, they see this as voter suppression 101. You know, they know that if people vote, they're gonna lose the election. And I think what a lot of local officials are saying is, you know, most of my poll workers are over the age of 60, which indicates that you've got, you know, people susceptible to the virus. Many voters are over the age of 60. And local elected officials are saying, I don't care what Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump are talking about. I'm telling my United States Senator, when that bill comes up next week or the you know week after, um, we want you to vote for the extra money so we can uh, get uh, expanded uh, vote by mail and absentee ballots and extra time for people voting in person. Mary Trump was on TV last night saying that this election was the last chance, in her view, to save the American experiment. Uh, we had a question from a, a friend of the show who asked, is this session the last chance to save democracy to ensure a safe election? Are those alarmist questions? Is that overstating the case? Um, I, I'm sure, you know, in your family known me since I was a young house guy, you know, on the East, east Side. I'm always a glass half full guy. And I love the quote from one of the diplomats who say, who said, you know, the Americans always get it right. And he paused and he said, after they've tried everything else, I hope that we can show that this Trump reign of 
flawed government and, and values that um, didn't give everybody in America a chance to get ahead. I hope people are gonna say, this is what that quote was about. We've tried everything else with this Donald, Donald Trump era of flawed uh, you know, government. We gotta go with something else. Now, one other thing is Donald Trump every single day with his speeches and his conduct seems to be unelecting himself. And um, it's old saying that when somebody's digging a hole, just don't get in the way. What are your top priorities for the session that's coming up? Vote by mail, you've mentioned. Uh, unemployment insurance, I'm guessing, is on there. What's most on your mind? Well, the unemployment insurance issue is so important because it's part of the package of getting money into the hands of working you know, families. People ask, Ron, are you for you know, an extra check? Absolutely, I am. And I want um, one for the dependent um, kids in a family, this, this kind of thing. But the benefit of the unemployment check, the expanded $600 to help people make rent and pay groceries, that comes every week. And that is not just a one-time thing. Now, the proposal that I have offered with the Democratic leadership, I hope will attract some Republicans. I'll just describe real quickly. What I have proposed now is that the unemployment benefit be tied to the economic conditions that are on the ground in that area. So if, for example, unemployment is over 11%, which is the case now, evidence is well over 11%, you would continue the $600 extra per week each week. And then as unemployment goes down, the benefit tapers off. Now, John Thune, a member of the Republican leadership, for example, was recently quoted in the press saying that he understood, hey, if unemployment's high, you gotta make sure people get help. But when unemployment goes down, I wanna make sure the benefit tapers down. Well, that's pretty much what our proposal does. So I'm very hopeful that we'll be able to uh, get vote by mail, the Oregon Way National Hope will be able to get uh, unemployment insurance renewed. I wrote that original package with Steve Mnuchin, the Secretary of Treasury, and the reason we chose $600 uh, a week is because Eugene F. Scalia, the Labor Secretary, was so intransigent he wouldn't work. And I will use these words specifically on your show. Eugene Scalia has been derelict in his responsibility to tell employers and workers what constitutes a safe workplace in the COVID-19 era. I believe Jefferson, most of our uh, employers in this state wanna do the right thing. They wanna do the safe thing. They wanna you know, do right by our workers. And I believe our workers have a tremendous work ethic. But Eugene Scalia, because he has refused to issue guidance to the states, about what constitutes a uh, safe a workplace is really derelict in carrying out his duties. And when he wouldn't help on determining how to replace wages, we just chose six, 600 bucks a week because it was the average. Some people got more than they would, some people got less than they uh, would, but hopefully uh, the Trump people are gonna see that they're gonna have trouble explaining if uh, Congress goes home at the beginning of August, 
and all those folks all summer. The eviction rate um, and, and non-payment rate for rent is just going to go through the stratosphere if people don't have that money. And that, I've been wondering if, you know, if the last payment, I think what the last payment is scheduled for end of July, right? So something's got to be done. Yeah, here, here, so, just so, we, so we're clear, people will get their regular unemployment yeah. during that week, but they won't get the supercharged benefit that I wrote with uh, Steve Mnuchin, correct? I do. I do want to. By the by, the way, I'm going to in the discussions see if there's some way to make it retroactive to cover that week. I I can't promise if I'm going to try. And right now, are you feeling pretty optimistic about your ability to get it extended? And do you think it'll be that same level, or you think it'll be some what reduced level? Well, a couple of things. Uh, If you had asked me that question two three weeks ago, I would have thought that uh, the Republicans were going to try to get out of town without offering any expanded unemployment insurance. If you look at what they're saying in the papers now, primarily because of the spikes, um, lots of businesses who then brought them back, you know, essentially May, uh, you know, beginning in June, they've had to lay people off again, um, particularly small businesses have um, once again uh, seen in their establishments you know, not many people, not much foot traffic, you know, this, this kind of thing. And um, I, I always say, you know, never underestimate um, sometimes the disinterest in working families because a lot of these, you know, legislators don't really identify with people who can't make rent and can't pay groceries and, um, and the like. But I've sensed a little bit more reason for optimism because and, and this is the other thing that's crazy is normally before an election, the majority party wants to pass legislation that is going to cause voters to think more highly of them. Now it's the minority party that wants to help people. And the majority party is, oh, you know, we mostly got to have tax cuts and liability waivers for meatpacking plants that were doing um, uh, things that shortchange safety. How are the U.S. Senate races looking in your mind as you scan the really hotly contested races? Well, we're, we're feeling very positive about where we are going west to east. Um, you know, Mark Kelly in Arizona, John Hinkenlooper in Colorado, Steve Bullock in Montana. I would just be ecstatic if we had those kinds of really um, thoughtful, innovative, people-oriented um, you know, le- legislators, I can go, you know, one one by one with them. But uh, going from west to east, we're, we're, we're feeling like we're playing a strong hand. Like, you know, you don't ever think something's a done deal with uh, the volatility of American politics today, but we've got a strong hand uh, to offer now. Well, I know that time is limited. Your time is limited. But let me la- ask this. For us, as we plan, for our listeners, uh, for people who follow us on social media, is there an area that you're paying attention to or you're seeing the federal government pay attention to that the American people, that Oregonians, that Portlanders, whatever, aren't paying enough attention to? Anything we should be digging into well, more? I, 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 I think this whole idea of reinventing the police is something that really warrants more attention. For example, the last couple of days, and this is also part of, I think, Oregon and America 
deserve to have creative, peaceful solutions that bubble up rather than these you know, paramilitary assaults dictated by Trump from Washington, D.C. And I'm going to be proposing this month really a very different approach to dealing with some of the challenges on the street. I think, for example, law enforcement, for the most part, and they will tell you this, does not have training in mental health. Sure. And so the legislation that I'm going to offer, and I saw this years ago, my brother suffered from schizophrenia. Um, there were years and years in the Wyden household where we knew my brother would be on the street and he would be likely to hurt himself or somebody else. One encounter after another with police. And they just weren't trained to deal with mental health. So we've got great programs in Oregon. I was yesterday in Eugene. Uh, they have a wonderful program called Cahoots. And I met with the NAACP of Lane County. And basically what they're doing is saying, we're going to take the mental health delivery kind of system on the street. And it's gonna be run by mental health counselors and not by you know police. And they have produced very substantial savings in terms of doing more with mental health counselors than with police. And here in Portland, um, Portland Street Response is doing a very good job. And Joanne Hardesty deserves a lot of credit, been working very closely with us. And uh, also uh, Chief Boone, the fire people, have been doing a really good job as well. Senator Ron Wyden, thank you so much for spending this time, man. I hope you're staying safe. You too, buddy. Take good care. Be well. Be well.